host Alfred with the Canvas to Canton Early Lines podcast. We like to take a look when lines drop prior to the week ahead. Uh, so in this case, we're going to be looking at week eight and the early lines have just dropped and they're still coming in some of the games and um, you know, see if we can identify value here, uh, judging by what the market will do going forward. It's been a good exercise for me. I, I feel like I've learned a lot to jump on these right away and also you know, it's been profitable in some ways. I think it's hard. You have to have your kind of all your ducks in a row and be ready to make a judgment call pretty quickly because these lines will move very fast. So either having your own power rankings or just having your own idea for what you feel, if you just have a natural inclination for the numbers for what lines should be. Um, just to review briefly last week, a, a couple of lines I liked right off the bat that turned out to be good picks were uh, Michigan minus seven. And the, the theory behind that was the look ahead uh, even a week before. So basically in week at the end of week five, they put out a look ahead for week. Or not, at the end of week six, they put um, a look ahead for week seven and it was Michigan minus 10 and a half. Then the games played, Michigan had a clunker against Indiana and that line reopened uh, on Sunday on the Early Lions podcast, Michigan minus seven. And I said, that doesn't make any sense that Michigan should lose a field goal for you know, basically having a one bad half against Indiana. Penn State was on by. I took that right away. And it uh, looks like, yeah, Michigan kind of was in control of that game from the get-go. Their defense was completely shut down Penn State's offense. And then Illinois plus three and a half. I liked that right off the bat. The issue was I kind of was a little misinformed about the injury situation would be like uh, as the, the number grew all the way up to six and a half, uh, Illinois catching six and a half at home against Minnesota. The thought was De uh, Tommy DeVito would be out and maybe even Isaiah Williams. Well, it turns out both of those guys played. Uh, and so that number still got only back down. I think it got all the way up to six and a half, came back down to like four and a half or four. And Illinois <clears throat> won that game outright, which my whole thought looking at the numbers was those guys would play and so i thought it was crazy illinois catching points at home uh, they're playing well you know they're playing good football their defense is really really strong this year so illinois uh i don't think the market's quite caught, caught up to them because they've been such a tough team to really get behind uh for many years and then uh texas christian so the i was on the look ahead for tcu which was minus one once that line officially came out on the early lines podcast i think it was uh tcu minus three or three and a half it got up to four or even five uh by game time that one paid to get that number as early as you could have you know the look ahead was minus one that cashed but minus three pushed and then anything higher than that you you lost the bet in overtime a couple of lines i was wrong on was alabama um i you know i just kind of was backing bama uh i thought bryce young would be more closer to 100 although he played very well his arm wasn't quite the same but really the story was bama defense they, they had no answer for what tennessee was throwing out there and kudos to the volunteers huge win in knoxville you know tennessee is back i guess you have to say now and uh you know i just i just bama with the national championship game last year and losing this one both of which i was like it's bama they're going to win this huge spot they are not going to have a letdown in this spot they've had two letdowns now i you know maybe there's some cracks in that uh you know really robust 
uh, wall that's been built around the Bama program. I don't know. I think they're they're probably still going to have a great season and get to the playoff and all that. But there's there's a few things this year, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that they're just maybe not quite as dominant, and their offense isn't quite as dominant as it was under the Tua years and the Mac Jones year, uh, and then their defense isn't stifling. So they're, they're just a little bit less imposing, I, I think, you know, over the last you know nine to ten months. And then Mississippi State, I was on them. Uh, minus one and a half. The Levis news came out that he was maybe, maybe not going to play. That ballooned all the way up to, to six and a half. So Mississippi State was favored by about six and a half. And then that came back down to about uh, Mississippi State minus four when Levis was going to play. And so I still felt good on the look ahead there. Uh, minus one and a half because even when Levis was announced, it still only got down to minus four, which is probably where I thought it should have been. So I, I was still hopeful. Uh, and then um, Kentucky won that game outright, so the line movement didn't really mean anything. Uh, Kentucky was the side, regardless of uh, what you thought. Um, Mississippi State. My bet was more on Mississippi State and less on you know, Will Levis being out. It was more a belief in Mississippi State, and, and that was uh, misplaced. So, you know, that was last week. Now we're going to move ahead. Uh, so the, I've kind of interchanged terms, but look ahead means those lines come out. And I did an article this week. I'm going to keep doing an article on like Thursday, basically, uh, or Friday. I think they come out late Wednesday. So I'll try to have that article on Thursday as soon as I can. Um, just outlining the look ahead line. So that would be a line for, in this case, week eight the Thursday before the week seven game. There's like a handful of choice games they will put a look ahead line. I've already made a few plays. Ole Miss minus one, Syracuse plus 16 and a half at Clemson, and Texas minus one and a half at Oklahoma State. Those are already in pocket. And so then we have the games on Saturday. They take the they take those bets off the board. And then on Sunday, now we're talking early lines. Now these are the new lines that have come out after the games were played on Saturday. So you can't bet those look ahead lines, you know, during while the games are playing in case injuries happen or something like that. So I have three bets already in the pocket. And now we've got these new early lines that we're gonna look at. Let's first address the ones that I've already uh, chosen to bet on. And um, first is Ole Miss. They are a pick'em now at LSU. LSU obviously looked really great against Florida. Ole Miss, you know, a little bit of a scare against Auburn, but basically ended up coming away with that one. It's, it was opened at minus two and a half Ole Miss's favor on FanDuel, opened as a pick'em on DraftKings. I think right now Ole Miss is minus one. So it's all an Ole Miss slight favorite no matter where you look. And then we've got Syracuse. I had them at plus 16 and a half on the look ahead. And I've been fading Clemson anything over, you know, seven for a while. And now still anything over 10. I feel pretty good about if the other teams at least has a pulse. Um, and uh, Syracuse very much has a pulse. And so uh, I like them at plus 16 and a half. That's already been bet down to minus 14. It opened after the week's games at 14 and a half on DraftKings. And now it's already been... Uh, I would imagine they're taking some Syracuse money and it's uh, down to plus 14. So losing the hook off that initial number, but you could have gotten 16 and a half uh, last Thursday. And then you have Texas, which opened it back up again about minus one and a half, but has quickly taken on some Texas money, I would imagine, because they've moved the line already from minus two and a half to minus three and a half. So through the key number of five and now and i have it at texas minus one and a half from the look at so the look at so far this week has been good to me 
Now, let's talk about some other early lines that we are looking at. So Troy opened up. Uh, this is all, you know, in the first hour, and these lines do move, so I, I try to give it some time to let them marinate before I record, um, but not too much, you know, maybe the first hour as they come in. And then Troy is at South Alabama. These are two pretty good teams right now, having a nice little year uh, in the Sun Belt. Or, you know what? I think it's Conference USA. I guess I should definitely do this. But anyway, Troy opens up as a uh, four-point dog at South Alabama. And that's already been bet down to only a three-and-a-half-point dog. So Troy cutting through uh, four down to three-and-a-half. I kind of like Troy here. There's no real trends that are super, um, you know, impressive. I'll mention that for some other uh, for, for some other things here. I know I was right. It is Sun Belt. So uh, these are two pretty good Sun Belt teams that find themselves in a bit of in the mix here for the West Division. Uh, Troy is three and one in conference. South Alabama is two and zero oh in conference. And this is a big game. This is a big game for these teams. It's a big game for the uh, for the uh, Sun Belt. And I, I like Troy catching the points. There's no trends or stats that really jump out. Troy's just kind of been very pesky. South Alabama, very good team. Uh, coming off a big win this past week. I just like, I liked four. Obviously, as this number, if it keeps coming down, it's going to be less desirable. Um, but I would lean Troy here. I'm not like jazz running to the window to take that number. Um, UAB at Western Kentucky opens up. UAB two and a half point dog at Western Kentucky. I gotta say, this line hasn't moved since it first came out, so no one's really jumping on it, but I would really like UAB as a dog here. Western Kentucky's been a good team, but not nearly the team they were last year. They struggle against the run. I have a feeling UAB is going to run the ball down their throat. That's what they love to do. That's what they've been doing to everybody. I think it continues here, and I would be interested in the money line at plus odds. Toledo minus seven at Buffalo. This was uh, one of the first ones on the board as well. I just don't really have a play on the side here, but um, interestingly enough, the over is not available on DraftKings, but I would keep an eye on that. You might want to jump on it right when it shows up, because I think they're going to take over money here. Toledo over is eight and four in away Mac games for the last four years, and Buffalo is seven and five. Um, to the over in home Mac game. So both these teams playing over in conference in these situations. And, uh, you know, it's it's Toledo just put up a ton of points on Kent, uh, Kent State. Buffalo's got an improved offense, decent offense compared to last year. I think over there makes some sense, although I don't have a number for you just yet. Um, Mississippi State at Alabama. Alabama start opened at minus 18. I think it was like minus 17, 17 and a half on the look ahead. And now it's 21 and a half. So that moved very quickly. People thinking Bama, I guess, is going to come in hot and ready to make amends. Also, Mississippi State laying an egg at Kentucky probably didn't help that line go their way. Um, Cincinnati at SMU. Cincinnati opened it at three-point favorite. Now they are minus three and a half, adding the hook in the first hour here. If that line continues to move, I would end up catching SMU, getting some points here. Um, three felt light, but I think it's to four or over four, maybe four and a hook. I would definitely look to SMU. Cincinnati's two, six and one against the spread away as a favorite in the AAC since 2017. Um, and SMU seven and five against the spread as a, at home in the conference. 
The only issue here is that uh, Cincinnati with a top three sack percentage in the country, SMU obviously is going to throw a lot over 40 times a game. I would be worried about those sacks adding up if Cincinnati can get to Tanner Mordecai, but uh, just those those trends, those historical against the spread records, I think that catching four, four and a half, I would look to back SMU and uh, look for maybe backdoor or win the game outright. Then we've got UCLA at Oregon. Now this is one I really kind of like. And, uh, you know, it hasn't moved since it came out. It's still five and a half. UCLA at Oregon minus five and a half um, for the home team. But UCLA, nine, four, and one against the spread away Pac-12 games in the last uh, four years or so. UCLA, five, three, and one as an away dog in the Pac-12. And Oregon, six and seven against the spread at home in the Pac-12. Uh, you know, that's, that is... Um, not great. I mean, under 500 against the spread at home, so not really playing up to that huge home field advantage. Uh, and UCLA just looking fantastic. 9-4-1 uh, against the spread away in the Pac-12. So, uh, you know, they play up to the spread. Oregon doesn't seem to really cover, at least in recent memory, at, um, at home. So that is, uh, that's pretty tasty, getting five and a half there. So I would say in terms of key numbers, you at least have a point or so of, of spread before I'd get, you know, less excited. But five and a half, five, four and a half, love all those. Uh, so be watching that one. Um, but I would I would be interested in UCLA right there for sure. Then we have, let's see, there's a couple that I'm not really interested in talking about. I mean, it's just these games are, um, I don't really have a read on them yet. So going down to uh, Kansas State at TCU. TCU minus five and a half. Um, yeah, I don't have a great feel for what to do there, but in terms of the line, but I think I think I might like the under here. That number isn't out yet on DraftKings, but you know that initial line, I would look to catch it right away because it's probably going to trend um, the opposite direction. But these two teams have played to the under in this situation pretty frequently, especially Kansas State, eight five and two. <clears throat> um, no, I'm sorry. So Kansas State. Uh, in terms of against the spread, so we are talking line here. Kansas State 8-5-2 against the spread away Big 12 last few years. I think I looked at last four. Uh, and then Kansas State also 10-5 to the under in away games Big 12. That's about as good as you're going to get. I mean, 10-5 to 5 is is 66-67% uh, one way when this is something that should be a 50-50 split if Vegas is doing it the right way. So it seems that Kansas State plays to the under. They also seem to cover the spread. I'd be less excited about the spread and more excited about the under when it shows up on DraftKings. <clears throat> All right, let's see what else. Um, those are the ones I'm kind of most excited about. Other ones of note, Duke opened plus nine and a half at Miami. You know, if you listen to this, I like Duke. Uh, I've been just kind of scanning them all year. Um, they covered yesterday against North Carolina, but they've also let me down a few times. I'm still thinking they're uh, a quality team. I really am not impressed with Miami right now. I think getting 10 and a half feels pretty good um, for Duke right there. So uh, I like that. And then Purdue at Wisconsin, which Purdue, I already basically have an, uh, an investment in Purdue as a Big Ten championship ticket that I'm holding. Or I may just sit back and watch this, you know, and basically root for Purdue to increase their standing in the Big Ten. But Purdue, don't look now, 3-1 and one in conference. 
Uh, and Wisconsin has kind of revamped a little bit since their firing of Paul Chris. But uh, so Purdue at Wisconsin, you know, Wisconsin getting two points. I, I would kind of like Purdue as a fate, or, you know, as a dog getting plus money um, on the money line there. But at Wisconsin's going to be tough. Although Purdue, we think of their offense, but their defense has been very good outside of this horrible game against Nebraska they played, but still came out with a victory. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I would lean towards Purdue without looking at any numbers right away, but um, I probably will just sit back and root for Purdue just for Big Ten, Big Ten, um, you know, outcome there. And Minnesota at Penn State. How Penn, how is Penn State going to respond after their you know blowout at the hands of Michigan? They opened at minus six and a half at home, taking on Minnesota, who also just lost. So both these teams licking their wounds coming in. Uh, I would I would maybe lean a little bit towards Minnesota here, but um, you know no play just yet. Then how about Georgia Tech? Georgia Tech is a four and a half point favorite at home, seeing UVA come into town, Virginia. Uh, I mean, kudos to Georgia Tech. They're now four and a half point favorite. I did not think I would say that against any team other than like an FBS team this year. So um, Georgia Tech looks to turning around. The books are respecting them. That is nice. I think that's mostly what I want to cover, at least as of right now. This has been the early line show. I hope you learned a little bit. I know I do every single week watching these numbers come out. Um, and I uh, hope it turns out to be profitable for you. Stick with us at campuscanda.com. Be sure and check the parent website if you haven't already. We've got tons of tools there, other things for college fantasy, other things for DraftKings, prize picks, the whole kit and caboodle. So check that out, and uh, we'll catch you on the next time.